0: Welcome back, everybody. New day on the Playbreakers pod. I'm Gatto. We got Tom. We got Q here. How you got
1: doing?
2: I think you, you you call yourself Gatto, but you look like Rob Lowe right now. So I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just that face of no happiness. The
2: Go bad. NFL.
0: And it's, yeah, he's just kind of there. Go Endor sports team.
2: I really want to clip a picture of you and just like... Just do like a side by side with that picture. Guys,
0: I got this hat half off when I bought another generic NFL hat. So probably threw in a bowl of soup at the deal. deal. <laughs> yeah, just couldn't get rid of these.
2: Who, <laughs> like, I mean, like, what was going through your head when you're like, "Yeah, NFL hat"? I said, you know, someday I don't care about the teams. I'm I gonna care have about some
0: rough business. hat hair going on. All right, <laughs> and. I figured especially if we're talking about like generic teams I don't want to like if we're talking about Cowboys I don't want people to like tune in and then look at look at me and go he's a Giants fan I can't take any of his takes serious. I honestly
2: but, think a yeah. lot of times because if it, it, because it's a team I hate I can talk more objectively about the Cowboys than any other team. Yeah, hot take. I don't know about that.
0: I I I think I think you're conflating your feelings for analyzing a team that you hate. <laughs>
1: I hate with, them. That also not having causes slant
0: me the feelings that you have towards them.
2: No, because I hate them so much, it causes me to actually look at them realistically and be like, "Where are their strong points and where are their weaknesses?" I'm always very honest about
1: it, the teams I don't like.
0: Well, you're just trying to find the the weakness in their armor, then, huh?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: He's trying very hard. Well, folks, thanks for joining us this week. Sorry we were a bit delayed, but we are bringing to you. Just a high-level conversation about the NFL Draft. Obviously, the NFL Combine is coming up in the next couple of days. And we wanted to just run through a couple of the positions that have a lot of depth, but also a lot of intrigue to them as well. And before we get into that, if you all could do us a favor and give us a like and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. We'd much appreciate that as well. You can follow these shows live on Twitch as well as YouTube. It's a cool opportunity to be able to interact with us in real time and also ask us some questions about what our opinions are or even provide your own. So excited to get us started. Q, I know that you had a couple of positions that you wanted to dive into. Let's start with your thoughts. What did you want to talk about? What positions are exciting you?
2: So far, this looks to be the best wide receiver class I've seen, maybe in the last 10 years. Honestly, like there's there's so it's so deep, and there's so many different types of guys. Like, if you need a slot, if you need an X, you need a Z, there's so many different types, but quarterback also another one. Like, I you know, we talked about this a little bit, but it seems very top heavy. Uh-huh. But there are actually like some quality guys that are going to be going well, probably a little bit later than they probably should. It's just because of the excess amount of guys. But also, I think offensive linemen. This is the year, if you need an offensive tackle, especially an offensive tackle. If you need a tackle, this is the year to do it. Because there are like at least three or four guys that are going to go in round one. And then there's probably another five or six that are... I think you're going to see like day two be like huge for tackles this year. There's going to be a run eventually and it's going to go fast. But there's a lot of guys that, like, I think are day one starters. So, very interesting.
1: Yeah. I think, as a Commanders fan, that is good to hear from my side. And I'm hoping that that's because there's an abundance of guys. It's an area that my team and hopefully the other teams that I'm paying close attention to will pay, will, will emphasize during the draft and not hope that they can score somebody in free agency. Anyone in particular that's sticking out to you? So for quarterback, this is going to be a little bit
2: of a controversial take, but it wouldn't shock me if Spencer Rattler ends up becoming not the best quarterback in this class, but one of the best quarterbacks in this class. I think the the conversation has shifted so much to Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels that we don't even talk about Spencer Rattler. And I understand why, you know, because uh, he wasn't super successful at Oklahoma transfers to South Carolina. South Carolina is not really like, you know, a a big time program at this point, but he, he did put up decent numbers. But I think it's, it's not really about the the numbers that I'm like, I'm looking at. It's, it's, if you watch enough tape of him, he makes enough wow throws. You're talking about a guy that you're not going to get on day one you're probably not going to get on day two. You're probably going to get in the back end of round four, right? Like early day three type of guy. We talked about Jalen Hurts, right? I know there's some people who don't like particularly believe in Jalen Hurts. They think he's a system quarterback. Guy played in a Super Bowl, played one of the best performances in the Super Bowl of the last few years. So I think whatever your opinion on him is, he certainly outplayed his second round status, right? It wouldn't shock me. If Spencer Rattler ends up becoming the next Jalen Hurts, right? Guy who comes in late draft status and then all of a sudden is a starter for a team, like for the giants, right? You get him on day three. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't shock me if he takes Daniel Jones's job. I think context is really important that Oklahoma team was not very good, right? They hadn't lost the game and he got benched for Caleb Williams, which, you know, is going, going to happen, and then he transfers. So, but I think the biggest p- knock on him has been apparently like he has a bit of like an ego. That's at least what I've heard. So, I think that's what has kind of knocked him down, but if these last few years have kind of changed his perspective, could be a real steal.
1: Yeah, I'm I was very critical of Spencer Rattler while he was at both Oklahoma and South Carolina just for the reasons that you had mentioned didn't seem like to be a big team guy. I also want to preface to that he was a part of that QB one show on Netflix, and I think that very much colors our impressions of guys. Seemed very much like it was about him, but yeah. I mean, uh, given the context of a show like that, yeah. But his numbers were not terrible at Oklahoma, and considering the resources that were at South Carolina, he actually played pretty well. And I like guys that play decently on teams with not a lot of talent. I watched him live during that University of Florida game, and he looked pretty good. MVP MVP of the Senior Bowl, too. Yeah, MVP of the Senior Bowl, a guy who was highly recruited coming out of high school.
2: Unanimous QB1 in 2019, by the way. Mm -hmm. And again, I think because of the fact that Lincoln Riley had produced so many number one picks, he had Baker Mayfield in 2018, number one pick. He had Kyler Murray back-to-back years, 2019, as the top quarterback, and then you look at his numbers in 2020, and you're like, he's really good. And then all of a sudden, 2021, he goes five and zero. But they were just—they were really coming close to losing to like not great teams, and he wasn't Mm -hmm. performing at a high level. And then Caleb Williams comes in, and you know, know Caleb Williams—he was just destroying people. So he lost his job despite being undefeated at Oklahoma. So yeah. I think the context there is kind of Jalen Hurts-ish, you know, with Tua and Tokovaloa. So him transferring to South Carolina, the numbers weren't good, but, like, he did make Xavier Leggett, who is one of my favorite receivers in this draft, he did do a lot of good work with him. So I, I just—it just seems to me that I think people are overthinking it a little bit with him.
1: Yeah.
0: Go ahead, I just want to know— My question is, you know, it feels like he's become a big buzz as of late, but he wasn't in this discussion until recently. What's the cause of that? What's behind that? What drove that? Was it just because his senior bowl highlight highlighted his performance abilities?
1: Yeah. And I I would also say too, like, this is, this is what happens when you have three guys that are going to go in the top 10. Everybody needs to find others that could potentially fill those other spots. I mean. We had a conversation about could that be JJ McCarthy? And there's a lot of people out there that believe that he is a talent that should be going high in the draft. But this doesn't shock me that we're starting to see buzz around other quarterbacks now because the the, the top we are pretty locked in at this point. Like if they're they're all going to go in the top ten. There's no question it, about it, it unless something catastrophic happens. So is it I also think- because? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Tom. Well, I think we're trying to find a storyline for I think we're trying to find somebody who could really help a team that people have kind of forgotten about. And and I wonder, too, if it's really because like, oh, man, you went from Oklahoma to South Carolina. You're not in you're not in a highly competitive environment in South Carolina, but you are in a, frankly, a more competitive conference. Yeah. And you're playing as Yeah, you're playing NFL talent every weekend. Yeah, and I, I think
2: also is for like teams like like I'm a Giants fan, right? And like sixth pick doesn't really provide you many options, right? Because unless they trade up, then you need a partner to do that. I'm I have to shift my focus and be like, well, who could be somebody that we take later on? Low risk, high reward types. You know,
0: mm-hmm. I think a part, yeah, a part of this is exactly that. Is that I think there's what. 10 or 12 teams right now that are really in the business of finding a potential QB1, right? And that's a huge reason why the boards are, you know, or or experts are diving deep and really scrutinizing this position, especially since I don't know what next year's draft looks like in terms of quarterback talent and Not as good. I think growing consensus
2: is that there's only one or two. And when yours is like the top QB right here, Sanders is there
1: too. But after they they would be be five or six this year,
0: yeah. And and those names don't strike me right now. I think I need to go back and look a little bit, but they don't strike me as guys who you plan to have starting your, you know, on your starting lineup for the 2025 season.
2: I don't think anybody is as good as Caleb Williams. And like, again, we're talking about Caleb Williams on the scale of Andrew Luck, right? A guy that you essentially tank your season for. Right. And I don't know if I, 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 he's not Patrick Mahomes to me. I think people are going to will too. Wow. But he, he certainly has more ability than most guys coming out. So. It's just natural, like play
0: style. It's play style comparison. I think is the big draw, right? And yeah, he's he's someone who resembles Mahomes the most. It doesn't mean he is Mahomes or can be Mahomes, but that he's resembling him the most at the moment,
2: for sure. Yeah, and I, I think he's he's got that type of ability, and I think he can be that type of guy. But I think I think putting Mahomes' expectations on Caleb Williams coming out is insane. I just think that he's got great playmaking ability and for for a team i think he's he i think a better comparison is he could have like a street a cj Stroud effect to a team right like no one expected the, the texans to be this good this early mm-hmm. but because of how creative and smart cj Stroud is in the pocket that's the type of
1: effect he could have the one thing i will say about williams and i think he's probably the most complete guy when it comes to everything he has Every quarterback has their flaws, but I think his are the most correctable. I mean, you look at when he was at USC, like particularly this year, team was not very good. They, they lost games they should have won, and it was really because of the defense. So a lot of the interceptions that he had thrown or the mistakes that he made were really just like justifiably trying to play hero ball because that defense was so unreliable his decision-making was a little faster than it probably what it should have been, but I think that's what happens when your offensive line is like a New York City turnstile. The, the one thing that I've been thinking about, though, and I'm not saying this is a huge knock on Williams, but those Lincoln-Riley quarterbacks have needed a little bit of time to acclimate, acclimate to pro-style offenses. Baker struggled a little bit. Kyler Murray was able to get rid, get away with it a little bit, just given he was more mobile than the two of them. Does that bother you at all? Does that make you a little nervous?
2: No, no. And I said it before that I think Jaden Daniels is probably gonna have a better rookie season than Caleb Boyden as Well, like mm-hmm. regardless of wherever they go, it's just because Daniels is a five year starter. You know, he's been in college for so long; he's seen so many starts. Like again, if you ever look at like Bill Parcells he had that list of like what makes a franchise quarterback and it's like you have to be at least like a four year starter you have to have a 2 to 1 win loss record you have to have a 2 to 1 touchdown interception ratio like Daniels is like that guy
1: but he's so a three year starter though he's not a five year starter
2: Arizona okay. State
1: oh sorry i thought you were talking about williams no i'm talking about jaden daniels okay he fits that but the up, and I, I think the
2: upside is there but like i think with williams it's just the it's just the pocket manipulation, you know. Daniels, the one big knock on Jaden Daniels, compared to Caleb Williams, is that like he feels like he tucks and runs a little bit, and he takes big hits. You ever seen like he yeah, takes cartoon, cartoon Bugs Bunny type hits, man, like
1: flat and like impressive Runner, the and they have yeah, Wiley Coyote
2: around. shit. And I'm like, this guy is like reckless sometimes, to where Caleb Williams is like a fucking magician in the pocket. Mm-hmm. The biggest knock on Caleb Williams is turnovers, but I don't really I don't really care about that honestly. Like to me, like everybody was talking about Mahomes interceptions a couple years ago. I don't care, man. Brett Favre threw a lot of the interceptions too. Like you're going to have more wow throws and you're going to have turnovers, so I don't really care. But for me, I said that Caleb Williams is going to take probably a year or two before he hits that like peak. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'd rather have Caleb Williams than most quarterbacks So at, at this point. So for me, I'm not really too concerned about the first few years because I think the ceiling is just way too high for him to, to be a bust, right? Like he may not be a top five quarterback, right? But I don't think he's going to be a bust.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the turnovers thing. Fumbles mostly. I mean, what quarterback doesn't do that though? And a lot of like, I th- I feel like, That is always overemphasized when it comes to guys that are not responsible for running the football all of the time. Like, oh, he fumbles a lot. I'm like, yeah, quarterbacks fucking do that because when you're standing still and somebody who's 300 pounds hits you, the likelihood of the ball coming out is not as unrealistic as you think. So the way to solve that problem is protect this guy. Gato, you got something? I mean, it it, the fumbles, depending on the situation, can be
0: indicative of an ability, though. The idea, if it is a, if it's the type of fumble in which a defender is outside of the quarterback's peripherals or he's lacking presence in the, in the, in the pocket, you will run into the situation where there's an increased amount of, fumbles due to that right so if they're not aware they don't have the awareness to tell that there's a defender pressuring them from behind or from their blind side or something they can get the swipe on and get that fumble right so mm-hmm. that's that is something that depending on when you're looking at the film if that's concern it will bring up you know their their pocket presence and their awareness
1: i think yeah but i mean i think all of these guys have that same issue though they're developing. and i think yeah i I think that him, Drake may, jaden or Jaden Daniels, they all have areas of improvement within their game, and the number one thing is always going to be footwork because footwork is like can solve a lot of problems when it comes to accuracy and being on balance. and then like taking hits, like that's the only one that really concerns me is going to be. Jaden daniels like dude you gotta learn to slide man because we've seen we've seen this movie already with rg3 and it does not end well Um, he's he's drawing a lot of lamar jackson comparisons and i don't think it's lamar slides man he gets out of bounds
2: (laughs) and yeah i was gonna say i don't think it's completely crazy because there are a lot of similar elements to their game but to where he takes a lot of hits lamar is just so fucking smooth and like mm-hmm. knows how to avoid those big hits and understands that he like they're similar builds too like not like kind of scrawny not really too muscular so like you can, i don't he's gonna have to learn how to avoid those type of hits
0: i don't necessarily like the the comparison at all though because i don't sense like with Jaden daniels like that same like there are moments watching Lamar Jackson where it seems like he's in fast forward and everyone else is going in slow motion. And I don't see like that with Jaden Daniels, you know, I don't like, again, I think he's a great athlete. He's definitely someone who's got the wheels and can, can run and make, make plays that way with his legs. But I'm with you kind of on this one, Tom, I think the underside thing is a big concern. He has had some, some setbacks or injuries. It's, You know, I think something that the team that employs him on their offense, they need to scheme appropriately for the worry of that risk injury with with the potential, with his play, like, play style, you know? Yeah. Going, sorry, going, (laughs) yeah, go for it. No, no, it's all you, buddy. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so going back, though, to, to Rattler, though, I he's another person whose size really I think concerns a lot of people, right? Because he's six foot two nineteen, but he has a limited like hand span. He's got small hands. He's got yeah. Kenny Pickett size
2: hands.
1: Man, <laughs> yeah, are so- we doing the hand thing again? Like.
2: His I, arm length is, is short too. Burrow, obviously Joe Burrow had eight, but... like, Joe Burrow had smaller hands. I'm not as concerned with hand size. I mean, I get it. Like Jared Goff too. Like
1: you know, if they're if they're at, below. Look at the concern the nine... with Joe
0: Burrow. Joe Burrow's hand literally ended his season this year.
1: His wrist <laughs> not his hand.
0: it, it, it was it, was it? his Also, wrist, I want to point what, out what it was part of his. He couldn't attach
1: to board. his
2: hand. Yes. I also want to point out also, though, is that when it comes to hand size, we really do have to wait for the combine for all that. Like everything is just it's speculation until we get the official number. I'm not really too concerned with that because, I mean, Rattler has like a crazy arm for, you know, the guy his size. Very Kyler Murray ish. And He's again, got good velocity that's the, that's the difference. But like I want to talk about Drake May for a minute because Pro Football Focus put out a stat. He had 79 big time throws in his last 2 years at North Carolina. Since the 2020 class, no first round quarterback has had more than 59. So you're talking about a guy who leads pe- leads the lead, you know leads college football in explosive throws. He has low turnover worthy throws. Yet I'm hearing more and more of like potential falling in the draft for him. And I don't I'm not sure I really understand it because 64 220 good movement skills. It's not like a burner or anything. Big arm, smart kid. I know ACC, I know limited starts, I know I get it. But like I think people are overthinking Drake May a little bit.
1: Yeah. I would agree. And I think he's a guy who suffers from in the similar way that Caleb Williams is both of them by their careers had had down 2023s versus Jaden Daniels, his like his performance improved from 22 to 23. But that team at UNC was also not that great. And they played a lot of games kind of all over the place his offensive line wasn't that great too I think he was somebody who made a lot of really impressive plays and I think has he's got a lot of upside he's really young he's a two-year starter at Chapel Hill I don't understand the concern I think it's more so he might be falling just as a victim of circumstance because new England said that they want to find a veteran starter. And then you get into Arizona already have a quarterback chargers have a quarterback giants maybe, but I mean that,
2: well, if he gets past three, that's where it gets interesting, right? Because I think we all pretty much are in agreement that Arizona is not looking for a quarterback, right? Chargers, definitely not looking for a quarterback giants. I don't think, I don't think he gets past six. Honestly, I just don't see it because especially because I think out of all the quarterbacks, Drake may fits what the giants want to do the most. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know the Josh Allen comparisons are kind of lazy, but it's, it's not bad though. They're not <laughs> bad considering it's definitely there. Like I definitely understand why people say it.
0: I, you know, but, one of the th- other things that I've heard a bit now is that he's he's gone from the Josh Allen and Justin Herbert comparisons to like Trey Lance comparisons uh, I think I no way I know it's it but like it, it feels like that's a it's a weird narrative. I don't know if it's because they're trying to set us up for letdown or. You know, so they can have some controversy here. You know? yeah. I don't trust
2: but, anything I hear during draft season because this is probably from some team who wants him to fall. You know, and that's that's what it is. I don't I don't believe it it it's just that. talking heads, right? Yeah. Here's ESPN, the thing that I, buff.
1: Here's the thing I want people to keep in mind that in 2022 he had 517 attempts, and in 2023 he had 425. That's over 900 attempts in college that's a a pretty good number and that 22 year 4300 yards 38 touchdowns almost 700 yards rushing and seven touchdowns 23 was a down year but that whole team i think regressed significantly
2: and, and again i don't think he was that the, the the stuff that i've watched so far it it's it's not that bad like i, I think i think some people are over I, again i think this is the time of year when people start overthinking things and like you know you're so a lot of people were so confident about Drake May, and then all of a sudden now it's like it's nothing but questioning its abilities. and I don't really understand it. I would have thought Jaden Daniels being the being the heisman would have gotten more questions than than he seems like Jaden Daniels. because it seems like now the wind has kind of shifted, and Drake May was locked in number two, and it seems like Daniels might be
1: the number two guy, yeah, to a lot of people, so it's very interesting. I think a lot of it just comes down to what have you done for me lately? And people are looking at that rather than this is this is the body of work. Because, I mean, Jaden Daniels is significantly older than the other two guys. He's got more mileage on him. the yep. bigger question marks that we just talked about with, like, taking big hits. Those will eventually catch up to you in the NFL. And Drake May, I mean, he's 21 years old. And he's gonna be twenty-one when the season starts. Yeah. So Hill Williams, too. So I mean, if we're having that same conversation, and I don't mean to bring up JJ McCarthy again, like if we're having the same conversation about his youth and how young he is and how developmental he can be, like of I mean, of the guy Drake May was a highly and, of, recruited guy too.
0: Of of the guys going into this draft, I feel like May is someone who has the potential to evolve probably more than the other quarterbacks.
2: It wouldn't on, shock uh, me if Drake, you know,
0: be in at this point.
2: If you look at this draft three years later, it wouldn't shock me if Drake May is the best quarterback of this group. Yeah. Because I just think that his floor yeah. to I, me, I'm like what, his floor is just so high to me to where I understand why people are concerned about Caleb Williams. Jaden Daniels concerns me a decent amount, but like, I d- I just don't see how Drake May Drake May is not at least an average starter in this league. I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. go ahead, Gatto. I'm sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Go for it, sir. Well, I wanted to I wanted to shift to wide receivers because I know Q. You said this could be the most talented group outside of like the. I don't know if we necessarily need to get into Marvin Harrison jr. Or Malik neighbors. I think those are probably two locks to go in the top 10. Yeah. Who else are you looking at as a potential like real steal here? I mean, you also meant you. also
2: Robin Dunze is also probably a lock for the top 10 at this point too. So you're talking about three guys that could, should could go really early. And it's funny about neighbors is like, I think neighbors is on the level of Jamar chase. So mm-hmm. like, talking about a guy that if, if he wasn't in a draft with I think that's like, his I heard somebody say this the other day. And I thought it was really funny that the biggest knock on Malik neighbors is that he was in the same draft as Marvin Harrison jr. Yeah. Like that's his biggest weakness is that like, if it was any other, okay. I don't know what that was. <laughs> if it was any other draft, he would have been, he would have been wide receiver one by like a significant margin. Yeah. But like, this th- there's so many guys. Like I mentioned Xavier Leggett before South Carolina. Steve Smith, who is like my guy I go to for wide receivers, because like you know, he predicted Cooper Cup last few years. He was he had Cooper Cup as wide receiver one. Everybody made fun of him. Last year, he was shitting on Quentin Johnston. And I and I and again, like he he just he, the way he explains it is just really, really like he goes, he does these really in-depth analysis and like Body catching wide receivers like irk me, you know. When I see a guy, especially with 34-inch arms, and you're body catching 90% of the time, it's a red flag. But he he talked about Xavier Laguette, and he's I I swear to God, I'm watching this guy's tape and I'm like, there's something DK Metcalf ish to his like his style play. And he literally said, Steve Smith said the other day that he's a bigger DK Metcalf. And I
1: was like Which is scary.
2: Which is scary. And it's he, he is like, again, catching the balls from like there, there are times where I saw Xavier again. He might be more dangerous too, because of the fact that I'd seen him, I saw this guy at six foot three take a crossing route all the way to the house. And he's also got punt return and kick return abilities too. He is, he is a nasty receiver. And I think he's not going to be a guy that goes in round one. Like he's probably going to be a round two round three guy. I think people are going to, again, it's going to be DK Metcalf all over again. People are going to overthink it. I think he's going to put up big numbers at the combine. The biggest knock on Leggett is that he spent about five years at South Carolina and was kind of a one-year wonder. He only really put up numbers this past year. I'm not really that concerned about that. And I think that's why it's going to knock him down. But The raw fucking tools, man, are just so apparent that you know. Like for me, it's it just it makes too much sense. But I have a draft crush every year. A guy that like I will like if I was in a room with a GM, I'd be like smashing things on. I'd be smashing things. I'd be punching the table like you have to take this guy, and it's Malachi Corley, and he's wide receiver from Western Kentucky. Back to back years, 11 touchdowns. And I listen, Western Kentucky, not playing big time talent, right? But like when you watch a guy who plays at a smaller school, just absolutely ragdolling people, it tells you that he is capable of playing at the next level. And I hate doing this because I've heard so many of this and I get sick of it. He really does remind me of Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is a very popular comp to a lot of people because of the running back slash wide receiver abilities, and I get tired of it because it was thrown out so many different times to so many different dudes who were not very good that like it gets tiresome of hearing it. But I'm gonna say Corley has that ability. It's that weird low center of gravity type running, you know, to where it's like. They look like they're running on skates. You know, they look like they're skating rather than actually running on a football field. Yeah. It's just so fucking smooth. And like his ability to literally stiff arm people into the ground is crazy. I think he's going to test out well. He's 5'11, 200 pounds. You're not worried about size. He's got speed for days. I was really in on Tank Dell last year and he ended up being exactly what I thought he was going to be. I think Coralie is going to be another one of those guys who probably goes on day two, who year one is going to be a big time item for a team that takes him. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Got him. Any
0: thoughts? I mean, Steve Smith delivers, right? Like if there's somebody that knows wide receivers, it's him. And and Q, I think you did a great job of covering both of these highlights from his his big board. One other person I'd like to just mention in there is another Xavier Xavier Worthy who has been drawn a comparison left Tank Dell, so that's another name I think we should be looking for in this upcoming draft and seeing where he lands because could you imagine if he ends up on like Houston? <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's so funny about that would- reading too is that Worthy's not even the most talked about guy on Texas. It's uh, Adonai Mitchell, and the fact that, like, I think Worthy might be actually better than him, too.
1: Yeah, that's the guy from Texas, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he actually might be even better than Mitchell is, which is so funny because, like, so many people are just talking about Mitchell, you know, from Texas. I,
0: I do like Ad Mitchell, too, though. Just the way yeah. he kind of is, and I think he'll be an excellent addition on a lot of teams. So I don't. I don't. I think. I think maybe there's a little bit of a versatility that might be why he gets he gets the nod first. But again, I think you know both guys are gonna be solid picks,
2: right? You're not this gonna is, be
0: disappointed if you take either of them.
2: No, for sure. There's so many. It's so weird about this year because there's so many of these guys that are like two wide receivers from the same school who are both like. Really big prospects because you like with LSU they have neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. Texas you have Worthy and Mitchell like it just seems like there's a lot of like two school guys that are just Washington
1: has another yeah. guy that could be a borderline yeah. first rounder too
2: yeah you got a Dunze and I uh, the other name is escaping me I'm gonna look it He's, up I just saw it uh, I was actually gonna like watch a lot of his stuff because Steve Smith actually said that he likes him better than a Dunze which is so funny Jalen Polk. Polk, that's the one. I knew it was something like that. Polk, yeah, Polk is he actually said he likes Polk a little bit better than Adunze, which is kind of crazy. To me, Adunze, man, like I don't know, man. He his four is so high to me. Like, I think that neighbors has a chance of busting, but it's all gonna be about where he ends up going because he is so talented, but like it seems like a lot of his stuff is really based on speed, to where Adunze is just like it's the route running is just insane. He reminds me of Hopkins. Very much reminds me of DeAndre Hopkins. Big body guy. Just man, he is just like I, I I just think that he fits any NFL scheme. It doesn't matter where he goes, he's gonna be a star. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys that I like at wide receiver. Like, I mean, you talk about Troy Franklin, you talk about Conky from Georgia. Keon There's Coleman is so a
0: big one on my list
2: too.
1: Yeah, I got to stop you with You don't yeah, like I him. Like you guys no. don't like him. I don't no. like The reason because, why because of his lateral
0: abilities. He's just No, He, he, the, he the the reason can't separate why, body people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing <laughs> is that he He reminds me of Kelvin Benjamin in the worst ways. Yeah. Another Florida state guy who's big and like did not put up like super impressive numbers while he was there, but everyone said, wow, man, the talent is there. He'll definitely grow and develop. And then he ended up just like being a run of the mill, like 800 yards a year kind of guy, but he was six, five.
2: Keon Coleman is the most Baltimore Ravens receiver I've ever seen in my life. Like a guy who cannot fucking separate for shit. He's a 50 50 guy and literally is just getting like can't run past anybody. No, I'm, I'm not interested in Keon Coleman at all.
1: I mean, they they were talking about him as like a top 10 talent during the college football season. I'm like, these nope. guys got like 700 yards. Nope. For this season. And. There's nothing dominant about him. Like, what are we doing here? There was a name that I am interested in and it's a little bit further down in the draft. It's probably like a late day two, day. Can, three can guy. I,
2: is a wide receiver? Yeah. Can I guess.
1: Sure. Did he play at Michigan? No. Ah, okay. Good. Ricky Pearsall. Ooh. No, okay. so, I like him because that guy just makes big time catches in big time moments and the numbers not really there in terms of like dominance but i think he could be a guy that can find a place on a nfl roster and be a, a pretty good contributor like definitely going to be a slot definitely a slot guy somebody who's going to use his speed and versatility to make plays yeah but zone coverage can catch. killer yeah he's a he zone can coverage catch. killer yeah mhm I, I like him a lot he and he's just a generally like a smarter player too and i you know he's got speed but he doesn't have size necessarily and he's not as talented as some of the other guys that we were talking about certainly not some of the other guys that we were talking about but i mean you need ballers like that on teams i think you can say the same thing about Roman
2: Wilson that's why i thought that's why, that's why i thought you were talking about we're from michigan he's he's a freak athlete and like you know for mccarthy like He again giving McCarthy credit. He was able to throw him open and like because it was like a while. Like again, Michigan's offense. I think people really don't understand how slow that fucking offense is. It is retirement home level. it it, it is so fucking slow. It does not provide you abilities to be like really like express yourself athletically. And Roman Wilson was still able to do that. Mm -hmm. He is he is a really interesting dude. He's going to be I like. Again, I don't like to use too many comparisons just because, like, I feel like it's kind of lazy. But, like, I think it does help, though, for people who are like trying to, you know, get an idea of, like, what can I expect from this type of guy? Tyler Lockett ish. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're thinking about a receiver, like, he reminds me kind of like of Tyler Lockett. So, like, just really steady. He's going to be a quarterback's best friend at the next level. And he's going to go on day two, maybe day three. So,
1: yeah, I'm looking at this Sports Illustrated mock draft, and they have him within the top 100 players pick. Makes sense. So, yeah. I think, I
2: think probably on the borderline of day, day two, day three. It makes sense.
1: Yeah. But again, like these are guys that we're talking about two guys that did not necessarily play in the most high octane offenses in college football, oh. but still found ways to impress people. And I was just looking that. Roman Wilson ran a four-three seven in he's, 2019. He's, he's going to kill a combine. Yeah, he's got a little speed on him. He he's stronger than people give him credit
2: for. He's faster than people think he think he is. And I think again, because of the fact that he played in that offense, it did not highlight his abilities. He's going to be a guy who goes up on the next level. And he's going to be way better than people expect him to be. There's a lot. I mean, again, like that's like wide receiver 12 or 13, (laughs) you know, like this is like how deep this is. And then there's the guys like Luke McCaffrey, you know, like, you know, just because of the name brand to it, like that's going to, it's going to interest some people. This is, it's just such a Javon Baker from UCF. I love, there's just so many guys that I'm looking at. And I'm like, these, these look like potential at worst wide receiver, two wide receiver threes. That like you're gonna be able to get, and I, that's why that's like the tough part. Like I, I, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, Gatto, but like, if we don't get a quarterback at six, you know, if the Giants don't get a quarterback at six, like they're most likely gonna take neighbors or Dunze, which is great. But like at the same time, it's like man, like this is such a deep class that it feels like taking a receiver at six. It's just like ugh, I don't know, but
0: it, there almost seems like a part of me that's that's like, well, maybe this is the year we do go an offensive lineman if we can't get all our- right hands on a quarterback there's that oh, too
2: this I, is I the year just, to take, uh, yeah this is this is a year to take an offensive line- lineman too because there are so many guys that's another one of their strong suits this is, this is why i like this draft a lot because last year it was running backs and tight ends that were probably the deepest and like who gets the shit about that we want quarterbacks we want skill position players we want you know offensive linemen like that's what we want so like it's it's mm-hmm. really, really interesting. Tom, do you have like a favorite offensive lineman that you've looked at so far?
1: I mean, I really liked the guy from Penn State, Olu Fashnow. Yeah. I just there's something about Penn State that gives me a sense of comfort when it comes to <laughs> like guys with their hands in the dirt you know what i mean like it's offensive so linemen defensive linemen like if they come from penn state i'm like all right yeah not, i'm not like torn up about that but
2: i'm that know, way with iowa and wisconsin
1: yeah well, i mean with those teams he kind of has to be
2: it's, it's like you could tell me he's like he's five foot ten and he's 200 pounds playing tackle and i'm like no no thank you well he played at iowa
1: oh all right yeah oh
2: man maybe i don't know maybe like maybe to get shot like i do you have oh. tape on him like i want to see it
1: like he's gonna make me act up i mean you,
2: <laughs> you watch him and he's just mauling 300 pound dudes and it's like what the how do they do it yeah i think Notre Dame is, like, too, also Notre yeah
1: Dame, and well. i was looking at joe alt too and i think i just need to mm. get past my anti not Notre Dame alt. stance on everything i'm not into not joe in. alt you don't like him no you know why interesting he
2: reminds me of somebody. When I was watching a lot of his stuff, I was like, "Oh, you remind me of somebody." If you're, I mean, you
1: know who I'm gonna say. I, I'm trying to think of like bad Giants tackles. Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers. No, not <laughs> yeah, that.
0: Bad. That's the first name that comes to mind. Relax,
1: relax, guys. <laughs>
2: no, he reminds me of. Bad. He reminds me of Evan Neal. Ooh, very top heavy. Okay, very top heavy plays like he's more technical though and that's the one thing that i think he's gonna be good he is he is a technician but there are many times where i i see him getting kind of like flat-footed and like kind of leaning and like you can't do that at the next level but and also i think his height he's really like his six foot eight frame is gonna like work against him in some ways too Uh like there's there's sometimes there's like too tall for offensive tackles I think I like Fashion You a little bit better. I just think he's more I think he's just more steady than a guy like Joe Wall, but I understand why why people are coveting a more. But I also think I can't pronounce his name from he's a he's an Oregon State kid. F- oh t- uh Telly Swaga. Fuaga, fo- yeah. He is fucking nasty. Like mm. That is a guy that I'm like looking at him. I'm like, man, you put him, even if he moves him to guard, which I don't think you have to, he is a fucking mauler. It's,
0: he's slightly smaller, but yeah, I, I would say I, I would take him. I would take him or JC Latham or Amarius I Mims, it. I think, over Joel Holt and, and so I,
1: I, I would say if we're, if we're having to choose, I'm going to go with Mims from Georgia. I just, yeah. there's something about very athletic. There's yeah, probably, well, is is there's something in... about those guys too. I'm <laughs> yeah. Like I feel good yeah. having a guy from Georgia on this team.
2: That's why, like, I wasn't the biggest Andrew Thomas fan coming out. I'll admit it. Like, I was wrong about him, but like, there was a certain comfort of like, oh, he's he's from Georgia. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like you know, there there's a feeling. But the the, the knock on, I think the thing with Mims is that's interesting is because more likely the only really knock on him is that there's just not a lot of tape on him. Like he didn't play that much but like when you do watch him you're like man a guy that size should not be able to move that way like it is freakish the way he moves so but I think like he's
0: good yeah I'm sorry I was gonna say like as looking looking for ways to improve the giants for the 20 for 2024 Mims makes a compelling case if we're sticking with Jones right because he might be able to save (laughs) don't say that (laughs) (laughs)
2: Why you gotta ruin
0: it? Uh, you have to prepare for the worst, right? You have to prepare for the worst. Right. But he would he would be paired with anybody that you're a little worried about, you know, your quarterback or the register time that it, he needs. You know, any quarterback that's sticking around, I think he would be a great asset in those situations because of his athleticism. He can defend fairly better than most.
2: <sighs> There's a guy that I don't even want to say this out loud because I feel like I'm gonna manifest it. i've I've been keeping an eye on this kid jackson power johnson he's the really like Mm -hmm. one of the yeah he's one of the only true centers in the draft and i just know he's gonna fucking be an eagle i just know he's gonna be a fucking eagle their eagles gonna take him in the first round as kelsey replacement and he's gonna be a fucking 15 year fucking thorn in my side
1: i've already four-time all pro (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I was watching him, and I'm like, he's gonna be a fucking eagle. I know he's gonna be an eagle, and he's gonna fucking torture me for the next ten years. Like, I just, I already see it fucking happening. But if you're looking for a guy though, that like is really like, I think underrated and not really getting the credit. I think he deserves is Troy Fatinu from Washington. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: I think they're gonna it's move cool, him inside.
1: Right? What mm-hmm. is that? He's yeah, a little I think,
2: small. Oh. Right. Um, I guess, I guess in three three hundred, he's like 6'4". four. Oh, not that small. I, Look, I think he could survive a tackle yeah. in the week, and I think he should be a tackle. But I think some teams have kind of toyed with the idea of him moving him to center because he's so athletic and he's so powerful that like it's just a nice mix. I I think he's going to be a guy that is going to be like I don't know if you'll get this reference, Tom, but God will David Delish, yeah, and that he can play <laughs> all five. Like you can literally like move him anywhere, and I think he could I can think he could play any position. So the versatility alone for a guy like that, I want to see where he measures out. I want to see where his his numbers are. But the the like I saw him chop block a dude into the next fucking century, and it was just <laughs> filthy. He was like a projectile missile. Like like guys that like I don't care how like he's six four. You shouldn't be able to move like that at six four. Like you shouldn't be able to do what he's doing. So mm-hmm. there's there's just a lot of really intriguing
1: dudes, man. I think there's a lot of the some of the energy around Washington has cooled just from that national championship game. So people are like, eh, are these guys that good? And like, yeah, they're that good. Like they're they're pretty solid players. And I think they all have the talent to be long-term players in the NFL.
2: I agree. There's, a, there's another guy that I really love and he's not going to fit everybody. But like, if you put, if you run like a zone block type of a scheme, like a power gap type of scheme, mm-hmm. uh, Cooper BB from Kansas state. That dude is a, just like just a murderer. Like, like dude, like vice grip hands mauler. And like, he's, not the fastest footed dude so like you know pass protection may not be his strong suit if he's a 49er like that is scary like him on the 49ers offensive line him on a ravens offensive line like scares me because like he's just reminds me again if we're gonna play comparisons kevin zeitler ish you know like he's gonna be a guy who probably plays 13 14 years at a high level he he's a he's a fun watch. If you want to watch like a really fun offensive line tape, watch Cooper Bebe. He's he's very interesting.
1: Yeah. So I think this is just a good draft in general. And yeah, I think it's definitely going to be exciting to see how some of these guys play out. I mean, we haven't even gotten into any of the edge rushers that are living in the first round or the cornerbacks and secondary guys. There are some absolute elite level players. And I'm, I'm wondering too, like, I think my, my interest this year is there's a lot of guys who have moved around teams and they've done, they've gone through the transfer portal a couple of times or at least once. And this is, we're starting to phase out some of the COVID year guys with, you know, five plus years of service time in college football. Do do any of you have any concerns about drafting those older players as the trade off? Like they have more experience. Like what are you more concerned about? Would you want guys with more experience, or are you concerned about like the amount of miles that they have on their knees and their legs and their back? I do think
0: like the fact that the guy these guys stuck around a little bit longer has really been detrimental to them. But I don't know if that necessarily correlates to how they'll actually perform upon entering the NFL because like not every player has you know the same kind of career lifetime lifespan in the NFL right and some are more adept I don't know how much we can say yeah they put on an extra you know 15,000 miles onto onto their bodies and therefore you know we we should instantly write them off because what you might get still from someone who who has that experience is someone who's a little bit easier to train and you might get a better product early on versus a longer lasting product later. Right. So yeah, there's there's things like that that should be considered. And and I feel like a lot of them are actually seeing that this has become a detriment making those decisions and sticking around longer. Cause I think they're, they've fallen in the general draft conversation. That doesn't mean they will come draft day. In fact, I feel like this added a whole different dimension into how dra- the draft is, is going to go down. Right? So what's your
2: takes? I have been called an age just before because <laughs> I don't
0: but but not for the these reasons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've I I don't like taking you love guys. Yeah, no I don't. I I honestly don't. I actually don't like taking guys that are like 24 and above because the I I I look at it from a pure numbers perspective is that like the like chances of those guys hitting are very very small. But again, Context is important, right? Because there's usually a reason why they're 24 entering the NFL, right? It's either because Mm -hmm. they weren't good enough, right? Like Kenny Pickett, right? Why was he 24 entering the league? You'll get the last few years of his performance. He wasn't very good. He had a a one-to-one touchdown and interception ratio. Or you've had a lot of injuries, right? But I do think that you have to also keep in mind that there are some guys that are not old but have A lot of like wear and tear. Like Braylon Allen is a good example of this. He played at Wisconsin, running back, right? Running back, you want to always look at their career amount of attempts, right? Because, like, if they, he's had almost 600 rushing attempts in three years. So he's only, did you go to school
1: again? Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Yeah. That tracks all of those Wisconsin guys have like a zillion (laughs) carries by the time. Like, Monty Ball was. Like Monty yeah. Ball was dead by the time that he came into the league.
2: That's why I'm surprised Jonathan Taylor is, like still going. That's true. Yeah, is like it's it's like they he was running to the ground. He had almost like a thousand career carries before he even got in the NFL. But, like, he's only twenty years old, But, like, he's already had over six hundred career carries. So it's, like, got to keep that in, the, in mind. But like, for me, it's only because like, typically those guys are usually either injury prone. and have had a lot of injuries or they're just like, you look at their year and you're like, yeah, it wasn't really good until his last year. So that, that's always what worries me when you're like 2021. 20, there's a reason, right? You're, you're out in the draft because of the fact that you've had a good season. You've had two or three years consistently. And I played really well. So I'm not ever going to write somebody off. But, like, it certainly will catch my eye if they're a little bit older. But this is a really uh, interesting draft. Uh, I just,
0: yeah, I, I feel like we, we're we looking at I, this year is just there's so much opportunity. I think it is a big part of it, too, becomes that there's a lot more guys now being forced kind of to, to go out and draft, too, right? They've reached the maximum that they can be in college. So we have people offloading or players offloading into this draft and there it could it could ultimately mean that there's going to be a lot of guys that fall so far under the radar but end up big on a team as an undrafted as undrafted talent so it's i kind of look forward to getting surprised somewhere later down the line unfortunately it's probably going to be those bad surprises where it ends up being (laughs) like a (laughs) <laughs> Again, the Eagles finding some some gem later on.
2: I really do. I really do love that, though. Is that like there are always these like that's always going to happen in a very deep draft. Is that like, like typically you'll find guys that probably would have been drafted any other year that don't get drafted, and so you do find a lot of good gems there. Mm. But yeah, it's. I think the. I think the reality here is that like you really like want to find like if, you know, for us as giants fans, right. It's all about finding the value because again, like I said, this is a really deep wide receiver class. It's a really deep offensive It's lineman class. So you don't want to like overdraft at certain positions, especially if it's like a knee position. Mm-hmm. But like, I think what people also need to realize is that like in these type of drafts, usually there's like a run that starts. And like, if you don't catch the run, mm-hmm. you're going to be left out in the cold.
0: Yeah. Yes, I mean we we saw that was it last year with or no two years ago we end. saw that with wide tight ends wide receivers the year before that
2: we um, saw it with running back and tight end last year they like when, when they was,
0: started to go they went and they were gone the board cleared out quick yeah and, and it goes really it, fast because of you know teams have to assess this by the urgency in which they need to fill a vacated hundred percent right? and yeah and so you can't be left in the cold when you have sincere doubts about a position on 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 you know your team or your roster
2: well i said it with so, the offensive linemen in this group i think like you're gonna see some guys going round one i think you could see five or six guys going round one but then round two like mid round two you're gonna see these guys start to fly off the board and then mm-hmm. like you're again like there's depth but like there's a limit right <laughs> because also those lower end guys that you expect to maybe go in round five might go in round three so like mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's that always that like internal struggle of like not wanting to overdraft a guy, but like at the same time, like if you don't take him, like there's nothing left. So yeah, for sure. And, and so like, I know we've, you know, we're
0: coming up on an hour here, but I do want to just briefly go in guys. Is there, because we've talked about offense quite a bit here in offensive positions, are there some defensive players that are really catching your eyes? We don't have to go position by position in these comparisons. Just a quick you know, who who is it you're really interested in? Who are you really liking in this upcoming draft? Tom, Sorry, you're muted. It.
1: <laughs> you're still muted, Tom. I, I had this pulled up and then I lost it. So, oh. <laughs> you know, I I like to pay attention to the guys on the defensive line because I feel like being able to find like really quality players can be hard. I really like Byron Murphy from Texas. I don't there's something about how that defense played this year that it was different than the Texas teams of the past where Like in the mid 2000s, like that Vince Young era and before their defense was just loaded with dudes and they kind of went away from that for a long time. And the team stunk for a long time, too. But he is one that I just given like his strength in the position that he plays. I think he can do a lot of like there's this guy he plays. Shit. He plays for the Eagles. Can't remember his name. Been in the league for about a zillion years. Fletcher. Fletcher Cox. Fletcher yeah. Cox. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of him.
2: Yeah, Murphy. Again, like everyone's gonna make the Aaron Donald comparisons, right? Because like any guy that's like six foot one, three hundred pounds, he's he's he is a disruptor. For again, like don't worry about his size. Like it's it's one of those guys again. Like last year, Tampa Bay Bucks took that defensive lineman. His name's gonna escape me. Hold on. It was the kid from Pitt. It literally like Aaron like, Donald. Like the Aaron Donald 2.0 was,
1: kid. Was,
2: yeah. As you can see. And like everyone was like, oh, he's too small. And I'm like, do we not learn our lesson here? Like, do we not like you have to trust the tape? And again, you're seeing a guy who was like a one-gapper. Like, you know, he's not gonna be Dexter Lawrence, you know, he's not gonna mm-hmm. like be able to take on triple teams and everything like that. But if you put him in a position where he ultimately can, like, just kind of one gap and attack, you know, like it, it's, he will do what you need him to do. And he who you know, he had four sacks this rookie season—not bad for a rookie defensive tackle—but also when you take into account that he was a terror in the playoffs, so he looked really good. For me, oh man, this is a tough one because <laughs> I hated his dad growing up. But, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about, too. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Yeah. is He is just nasty. And, you know, played for Clemson. He's, he's mm. going to test out really well. I think he'll test out better than his dad did. Four-star recruit coming out. He is just a... He's got that dog in him, you know, and like for like linebacker nowadays, like I know awful linebacker has been kind of like a hot button. Like when the lions took that linebacker in the first round like this past I, I understand that it's a position that like a lot of people don't feel like you need to invest the first round talent in. And I don't think Trotter is necessarily going to be a first round talent, but he like, if you do get a good one, there, like, it really is worth its weight in gold. He, he has an ability to not only play coverage, but also to be able to attack the middle of the defense. Like he's going, he's going to be like, sometimes I like, I don't really like the Nepo kids in the NFL, but like, he's going to be, he's going to be a good one. I think and also he might be like a round two, round three guy.
1: Can I say though, that particularly with the position that, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is going to play in the NFL. And you said, too, like, there's been a de-emphasizing on the linebacker position of the last week, sure. like five, six years or so. Yeah. You don't realize you need one until you absolutely don't have one. I know. And I know. every, like, during the dark times of the NFL season, when it was all hope is lost in Washington, every person that I follow on Twitter would be posting, like, this is my projected mock draft. And it would be like Drake may Caleb Williams. And then like second pick is Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Like I think people, I think people are high on him because of his pedigree, but also where he played too. like they're like they, he was a staple at Clemson and I think he'll go, he might be an end of the first round guy because people trust the product with him for sure. I also
2: think another guy that I've been kind of keeping an eye on that he actually doesn't get as much buzz as his teammate maybe because his teammate has a fucking awesome name is Terry on Arnold from Alabama the corner who mm-hmm. McKinstry obviously gets a lot of the buzz but like he he's got real potential lockdown like I, I I think he's gonna be a guy I wouldn't be shocked if after the combine is over and people start actually really digging into the tape it wouldn't be surprising if Arnold ends up in the top 10. Yeah. And like also only being 20 years old, he has got really impressive skills and like his, he's very technical, his man coverage abilities. Again, I love Alabama players just in general, but like he, he's really, really interesting.
1: Can I get your guys' opinion on Hubert DeJean from Iowa? <laughs> like we got one guys. Yeah, we have, we, got one. we have a player. <laughs> we got one guys for for (laughs) everything that iowa is not defense is what it is and i i am really intrigued by him i'm on a website where they have him rated as the number one db prospect in the draft Mm -hmm. behind him is nate wiggins not too far away kool-aid after that terry and arnold right after that but are we okay with a cornerback having projected four or five speed in the NFL today? I don't know if this guy is going to stick around too long at cornerback. I, I don't think he's a four or five guy. Really? I don't, no, I don't think so.
2: It's sad because he's not going to be able to perform at the combine because he's re- still recovering from an injury. I think he's going to, I think he'd test out way better than a four or five. Yeah. But to say that, yes, I think it depends on what type of scheme you run. If you're playing, if you're a zone, a primary zone team, I think you can survive. Like Richard Sherman survived in that like zone type defense. and He was a four, six guy. He wasn't like a four or five guy. So I just think that it's, it's about where, but like he's, man, I've only watched a little bit of him and he is, he's really, really tough kid. And I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if he's even with the injury and not going to test out that much. It wouldn't still wouldn't shock me if he's like a mid first round pick. Just I get a of, lot of Christian Gonzalez vibes from him. It's a good again zone corner type. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, I think it's a very apt comparison.
1: Yeah, Gatto. Anybody that you're looking
2: at? I really like Chris Jenkins out
1: of <laughs> another
2: another Nepo kid.
1: Nope. <laughs> <kid. laughs> <Yep. laughs> I know yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously
2: is, I'm obviously joking because he Chris Chris Jenkins is a is a stud. I don't care who yeah, I don't care he, who his he's, dad is, his, he's a stud.
0: <laughs> but um yeah, he he's just and he's a physical freak. I mean he he has the size I I mean he, he needs I think he's has a little bit of issue as a pass rusher, but as a run stopper, I think he's gonna make a great addition for a team like the Bills who really are down in that position and they, they're gonna need some help there. You know, it it just all around I think he's tremendous. Obviously, yeah, he's got the pedigree, so you know, we kind of know that that the product he's gonna put out is probably gonna be pretty good. So I, I look forward to seeing where he lands and
1: what he ends up doing. Hopefully he doesn't yeah but his dad was not a big against us, rusher, yeah. though. Like I mean I'm I'm okay. I might be anti-modern NFL, but I'm okay with a guy who's 6'3", 305, just clogging everything up in the middle and making everyone's life harder. I, I think we
0: saw this year the establishment of the run is a huge point for teams to pivot and be successful, and having a guy like this that can really stop that, right? Like, look at what Jadavian Clowney did this year and you know how important that really is to scheming.
1: Yeah, I I think as more teams start to adapt, I think as more teams start to adapt with the style of like passing offenses currently, like we saw a little bit of it this past offseason where teams are starting to run those like multiple looks depending on which side of the field that they were on. If a team is smart and wants to be like proactive in finding a guy who's going to be able to clog up the middle, because the alternative of passing obviously is running and there's There might be a resurgence of running backs again in the NFL. What better way to solve that problem than to find a giant human being and stick him in between standing over the center and the guard and say, just look busy over there. Just like make things more complicated there.
2: I I think people overthink it sometimes, too, in that when it comes to a guy like Chris Jenkins, you're not drafting him, expecting him to be a. Like stud pass rusher, like he's he is a he's really elite at reading blocks. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like in that run defense, like not being fooled, but and like keep maintaining gap integrity, obviously, but also understanding like how to move in a way that like doesn't allow an offensive lineman to get ahead of you, and like so like if you need a run stopper, like who has potential upside for pass rush abilities like that's your guy like that's why, like he's probably not going to go in the first round like maybe depends. it really depends on if people can project him to be better at that but like you're not he's gonna be one of those guys that you're just happy you have right like i think like the kansas city chiefs it wouldn't like for a team that really struggled to stop the run wouldn't shock me if pick number 32 they end up taking a guy like chris jenkins because it's just again it's about it's about four right because like you know he's going to be at worst he's going to be an elite level and and, and i think now we're seeing more shifting to running again like you know run games have become more prevalent you're gonna see more guys get drafted higher than this like i'm not usually of the mind to ever draft a guy who's a run stuffer only but they do serve a purpose
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there's a couple other guys in there too that We're we're pretty high on everybody's lists at the beginning of the year, like Jared verse and chop Robinson from Jared verse from Florida state chop from Penn state. And those guys, I love Jared. I haven't heard a ton of buzz around those guys. And some of the mock drafts that I looked at have them further back later in the first round, or there's maybe like one that I saw first going like 12 or 13, but I'm wondering if we're getting a lot of like we need to get the quality offensive lineman off the board first and then these defensive players are probably going to go. Well, I
2: mean, you may not even see like there's been like talk about whether or not we're going to see a defensive player in the top 10. And I think we will. But like I think
1: it'll be a DB though,
2: right? It could be Arnold, but I think it could be it could be the edge rusher from Bama Dallas Turner Yeah, or Latu Latu. Now, the the one thing with Latu Latu that worries me, obviously, is that like at one point he was medically retired, right? He suffered a lot of concussions, but he got cleared. He went to UCLA, you know, ended up putting out a really good season. So, if you're comfortable with the medical projections, he's—I think he's number one. Mm-hmm. But like there's gonna be enough people who are scared off by that. And then you got Dallas Turner, obviously Bama edge rushers, you know, Anderson came out last year, was really good. They project well in the NFL. So I'm in verse, you know, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna compare Verse to Brian Burns just because Florida State's a guy to Florida State guy, but like there there are certain similarities. I'm just I think the defense like and Chop Robinson, I like Chop Robinson. Just like very inconsistent. And I just don't know what to do. Like, cause like he just I think he's gonna run really I think he's gonna test out really well. He's six three, two fifty, he's built really well. I think he's gonna run a good 40. I think he's gonna hit a good three cone. And like all those things are gonna match up, but like sometimes it worries me when it got like that. So I don't I don't know. Like it just he's also a little stiff. Not a, not a ton of like pass rush moves that I saw. Like I just, he just worries me a little bit, but like if he gets into day two, I think it's where it makes him more interesting, but I don't know.
1: I don't know to do it like that. It'll certainly be interesting to see like where those guys land, because at the end of the day, we've said this a couple of different times. Like it's not necessarily where you're drafted, but by who you're drafted by. Yeah. And I mean, I was just looking at some of the numbers for chop Robinson and it just didn't like for all the buzz you got, man, like wasn't a whole lot of action there. And I, I think he was banged up a little bit by the end of the, by the end of the year or two, but mm-hmm. Penn state also kind of underperformed pretty significantly this year. So it'll be interesting to see where these guys go. I think I'm going to just say this one. I had mentioned Byron Murphy I think he would be fantastic as a Houston Texan.
0: Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Yeah. He also kind of like that. Feels like that fit, right? And they do a good job of drafting. Will Anderson,
2: mixing with Will Anderson there, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a guy that I... This might be my number one guy that I'm interested to watch at the Combine because I don't know what to do with him yet, but... There is certainly something that's really intriguing about him, and it's Darius Robinson. He is a pass rushing edge uh, from Missouri. 6'5, mm-hmm. 286, almost 11 inch hands, 35 inch arms. I, and like he's big. And what's interesting is I am want to see what he weighs in, but does he go heavier? and be more of like a five tech or does he go lighter and become, try and be more of an edge. And then I think I want to see him test because he is going to be, I think of like a guy who tests out really, really well. I watched some tape of this guy, man. And like it is, he plays with a violent, violent edge. And I like guys like that. Like to me, he, you know, he reminds me of coming out Muhammad Wilkerson. Do you remember Muhammad Wilkerson? Oh yeah, kind of that big edge type guy who can like maybe once in a while kind of stand up and then put his hand in the dirt. There's there's certain uh, there's a certain level of violence to his game that I just really really like. Very technician, like he's a, he is a technician, and he finds the he finds the ball really really well. So like there and look, he's probably going to be a day two guy. He's not super fast he can sometimes plays a little out of control from what I've seen, but like, man, he's, he's intriguing. Like, I, I, I just want to see where he goes though. I want to see what he does with himself
1: first. I don't mind having a guy on my team with a wingspan of 84 inches. Dude. He's, he's, that shows is he, that that a, a bird. bird,
2: but dude, there, there, there are some guys yeah. who are big and like, it just doesn't, you don't see it on film. Like you look at them and you're mm-hmm. like, how is this dude six foot five, 270 pounds with 37 inch arms? Because he just doesn't look very big. He doesn't look very short. Like you see it. Like you watch his, you watch his stuff and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like I see that guy. And he's probably going to go in round two, round three. Also, if you want a more modern comp for Darius Robinson, I think he's on the Eagles. Josh sweat. I think is a good, yeah, that's a good example one. Of that, mm-hmm very nice yeah so all
0: our listeners remember that tomorrow is the nfl combine be going on all next week guys any lasting notes here before we head out
1: nothing at the moment
0: as i'm curious explodes
1: on him i'm curious to see what kind of buzz comes from the combine because we talked about this the other day it's like it's people doing football things in underwear, but underwear Olympics (laughs) who is going to be hindered by a one-off thing that happens at the combine. And also what crazy ass stories are we going to get from like NFL scouts and executives asking these guys really upsetting and bothersome problematic questions, (laughs) but that's always funny to see like, what are they going to say next?
2: Mm-hmm. yeah i, I mean there's and, not- uh,
0: we'll do our best to get a, a best of the best for next next week's episode in that
2: yeah th- there's there's not a ton that i need to see there's some guys that i want to see where they weigh in and everything but like everything other than that i think i already yeah. have kind of a general sense of where how i would feel about certain guys i don't think anything's mm-hmm. gonna change it to kanban for sure
1: i'd agree with that
0: i, I always do yeah. like I, I always do though like to find like somebody had a lot more speed than you know, anyone had anticipated or really ha- have some flashes like that. So there are some treasures that do pop up, you know, a lot of seeing the
1: 40 times confirming. Yes. you know seeing the 40 times is always fun.
2: And that's, that's what, that's what it is. Honestly, it is just a, either confirmation of what you already felt like, or like, Hmm, maybe I need to go back for a second. Cause like, maybe, maybe it's not what I thought it was. So.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm. Nice guys. Yes, indeed. Yeah. What do you say, Gala, You want to uh, leave it there? I think so. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well,
0: if you like this episode, there will be more of them coming in the upcoming weeks. Thank you for listening to the Pod, the Playbreakers podcast. <laughs> It'd be hard Sorry, to break my, that uh, one. <laughs> my Roblo Rob energy really uh, took over there. Go NFL. Yeah go NFL catch us here next week and we'll be giving you some reactions as well as some other takes for the off season. So thank you all and keep listening. Also like, and do all that other shit that helps promote us. If you enjoy this podcast, Tom, you are way better at this and
1: uh, you're doing great, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
0: Yeah. Until next week. (laughs) Later, y'all.